This month's sponsor is Triple Whale. Supercharge your ad campaigns with their revolutionary analytics platform because better data means better campaigns. If you're running any type of paid media, then you need to be using Triple Whale. Find out more at trytriplewhale.com. Hello and welcome to the D2C Deep Dive. My name is Fraser. I'm the co-creator of Fraggle, a creative ad agency based in the UK. Every week, I'm going to be sitting down with leaders in the D2C space from social media experts, brand owners and marketeers. Basically, the people that make the D2C brands happen, which you know and love. In this first episode of the D2C Deep Dive, we are going to be speaking to Alexa Kilroy from First Day. In this conversation, we cover pretty much everything from what it's been like going from one product to five on their paid media, what platforms are best for supplements, as well as touching on her creative testing strategy. It's a brilliant conversation, and I hope you enjoy this one. Welcome, Alexa, to the D2C Deep Dive. Hello, how are you doing? Welcome. Good. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah. The first episode, first guest. I'm so pumped for this. We've been speaking. I mean, the, the whole idea of the podcast came from you. It came from you making a tweet saying that you enjoy being on podcasts. And I tweeted like, oh, I'd love to have you on the podcast. And then it spurred on from there. Boom. And now we have a podcast. So that's how creative the- magic happens. Exactly. It's this whole thing is thanks to you. Uh, another Twitter Twitter friend that I'm going to be speaking to um, over the next couple of weeks. Uh, been following you on Twitter for a while. The great stuff that you're doing at First Day, and you're here to speak to us a little bit about that. So, if people have never heard of uh, First Day, they don't know who you are, what you do. Give us the rundown. What is First Day? What are you all about? What do you do there? Give us the lowdown. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Alexa. I'm a senior creative strategist at First Day. Um, First Day is a D2C family health and wellness brand. So we started by making uh, super science fact natural kids gummy vitamins. Uh, we expanded now into five SKUs. So we've got functional supplements as well as vitamins for the family. Uh, but we're an old school, like, you know, 90% paid social acquisition e-com brand built on Shopify um, that has really grown and scaled in the past couple of years. So Hopefully I can share some of my uh, creative insights on helping build that brand with y'all here. Yeah, what's that What's that been like? I mean, when we when we first spoke, we we had a call about us making you some content and our first call was that you, you basically had one product on paid. That was it. You were pushing one product to like one or two audiences, but now you have f- like five products all in paid. What's that been like? How, how's, how have you dealt with that from like a paid strategy view? Yeah. Um, well, part of it is that, frankly, like as your product line grows, as your business grows, you just need to accept that your marketing org needs to grow too. So our full-time team of people is like 10, 15 people, but our marketing org is the biggest. And my team, which owns uh, all of paid, all of advertising, as well as all things creative, is actually like the largest and fastest growing team within the company as a whole. Um, so we had a pretty awesome experience in terms of launching on paid long before I started at first day. Um, we launched with that kids gummy multivitamin primarily on Facebook and we really found our niche. Um, so as a family brand, uh, we really found it easy to speak to moms particularly. Um, and so we've used that demographic as the vehicle for supporting the rest of our product in paid expansion. So no matter whether we're selling kids vitamins or teens vitamins or men's vitamins, we're really selling them to moms who are purchasing them for their families. Um, Where the unique challenge has come in is as we've 
started to expand into the world of functional supplements, uh, the demo is so much broader. So our first supplement that we launched um, in December of 2021 was a joint support supplement. Um, and that just appeals to so many people beyond the world of moms. It appeals to athletes. It appeals to people who are older and aging and, and just experiencing natural joint degradation. So um, we've had to make sure that our paid and creative team can support the demographic expansion that came along with those vertical, almost almost vertical expansion moves with the functional supplements. Um, and so when I started at First Day, it was like, myself and one other person doing all the media buying, all the creative, mm -hmm. all the everything. And now we've got a pretty awesome team that includes uh, myself and a media buyer, full-time video editor. And then we've also got lots of awesome contract and freelance people that are supporting us. And we're currently hiring for even more roles on the creative team to support, you know, our channels that we're launching new products on, our channels that we're launching for the first time. So just so much growth really happening all at the same time. Yeah, it sounds it sounds crazy. I mean, from a view of, you know, viewing someone from the outside, it's been something new happening all the time with you guys. It's been really exciting to view your journey and, you know, the company's journey. When it comes to to building that creative team, you've done it so quick. What are those what's been your main focus when it comes to growing a creative team? Because as someone which runs a creative agency, it's very difficult to find creative people and you can find creative people, but finding the right creative people that have experience in e-commerce that can make a converting video, can edit a converting video. It's really difficult. What, what's been your focus kind of going into that? Yeah. So, um, my perspective on hiring in general is that you should always hire people who are smarter or better at whatever gap you need to fill than you are. Um, I find that like hiring marketing generalists is really difficult. Um, I really like to hire specialists. So um, if I'm looking for someone to help me make Facebook creative, I want to hire someone who's been making performance creative for Facebook for a couple of years and they just are a crusher on Facebook creative. Um, same for other channels. Um, I also think it's really critical when you're looking for people to help with performance creative to find people that have experience in your vertical. Um, so vitamins and supplements are a unique challenge because there are all these rules and regulations about what you can and can't say. And there's also the challenge that, you know, when you're selling like a squatty potty, there's a real clear, clear problem and solution, right? Mm -hmm. With vitamins, you're just trying to get people to care about their nutrition, some of which do, and you need to get them to convert from another probably cheaper product. And some of which don't care at all. And you need to convince them that they need vitamins and better nutrition in the first place. Um, and so for me, hiring people that have had experience in vitamins in supplements has been really hard or has been really challenging to find, but has been mm -hmm. really valuable once we do find them, um, because it just makes the process so much faster in getting people up to speed. Um, and then the other thing that I look for is I would rather have someone who's just a super hustler. They're a self-learner, self-starter. They're always reading. They're always watching competitor ads. They're just grinding. Um, rather than have someone who has like very polished, um, you know, like a portfolio of like a PhD in design or whatever, you know, like I would much rather have someone who's just like a super hustler who um, is willing to just be weird and creative and try new things um, and, and show that they just have the intrinsic motivation and desire to crush on performance creative. That's a real, a real strength that, I mean, especially when we've been looking to hire people and, you know, having, having that actual love for what they do and what they're enjoying means so much more than just, you know, someone which is really good at making good looking ads or something like that. If they love the platform and they're constantly on it, they're constantly, you know, absorbing that material, 
by far they become a much better member of staff. So what's been what have been what have been your main learnings from growing so quickly as a company, right? And especially your team on the creative side and the paid side, like what have been the things that you've learned so far from doing this so quickly over like, you know, it's been a matter of months that suddenly you've introduced four new product lines. Yeah. I honestly could chat for hours on all the things that I've learned because I feel like I learned 15 new things a day. Um, <laughs> but uh, I would say on the team front, I've learned so many things about hiring. Um, I'm a big fan of the like hire slow method, um, just waiting to really find the right people. Um, my perspective on hiring is like, I want to hire people that I can bring in that I can start giving autonomy and let them really contribute to the team from like day one. Uh, once, you know, they're comfortable with the brand and the product mm -hmm. and stuff. So there's definitely some hiring learnings there in terms of creative. Um, you might think, you know, everything about your consumer, your demographic, and also what makes your product special. Um, you probably don't. <laughs> and I learn something new every day that people are stoked about, about our product or what our consumer looks like. And so I would say if you are currently building a business and you're working on launching on new paid channels, you're working on launching new products on uh, channels maybe that you've tried before, assume that you know very little. Assume that you mm -hmm. know like just the things that you know about literally building your product and building your packaging or whatever it is. Um, and seriously launch your product super broad unpaid and go crazy with testing messaging, testing like different types of visual styles that will appeal to different customer personas. You will find so many things and experimentation on the creative side that you didn't even perceive to be possible. For example, one of the craziest learnings that I came across, and this is just so random and niche, but I found out that a lot of people that are recovering from various forms of addiction are recommended to move towards taking regular vitamins and supplements every day because they're trying to get their health back on track after mm. the depletion of like various chemical imbalances, right? And so I found out that there are a lot of people who have just, you know, gone through recovery and are looking for a really quality vitamin um, to support them on their track back to health. And finding ways to make sure that our messaging not only appeals to the moms who are purchasing the women's vitamins because they bought the kids, but hey, like we need our vitamin to speak to more people because we're hearing from customers that this is a totally different demographic that's really interested in our product. So really approaching your creative with an open mind um, and just being so open to experimentation and failure. I know that, you know, chasing the ROAS is a thing, watching your metrics, watching your, your CPCs and your CAC and all those things are so important. I'm not saying that they're not, but you got to expect that when you're launching on a new channel, launching with a new product, um, or even just doing some new creative testing, you got to expect that some of that, that will just fail. And sometimes it feels like you're throwing cash into a dumpster fire, but make peace with that. However you need to, yeah. <laughs> um, because out of like every 10 experiments, like nine might be a dumpster fire and one might be your absolute crazy killer winner that you never expected. Um, and you just like really have to be open your heart and frankly, kind of open your wallet on some of these platforms to letting that happen. Yeah. I mean, let, let, let's talk about that. Let's talk about your creative testing program uh, pro process because you test a whole lot of creative. You have a lot yeah. of stuff going on, a lot of new ads, you know, scaling ads. What's your, what's your, What's your testing process? What does it look like in your ads manager? How are you dealing with this? How are you creating this much content? What are you changing? Where are you changing? Give us the goss. Totally. So um, for context right now on pretty much every platform we're running, we're just going, super, well, 
exclude Google from this, but because it's obviously very niche targeting, but um, we're going super broad on audiences. Um, and frankly, that's just a solution to the world of iOS 14 that has served us well. So I highly recommend if you haven't made the push to go broad on your targeting, just do it. It's, it hurts for like a week and then it gets better. Um, and it helps you really expand your reach in general and expand all the people that you're targeting, right? You're hitting like the whole world now. So mm -hmm. highly recommend going broad. When you're looking at our ads manager, we essentially have uh, three different core types of campaigns. We have one campaign that is creative testing and there we'll put five to seven new ads at a time. Uh, we'll test those against one another. Sometimes they are like the same messaging and we're testing different ways to approach the messaging. Sometimes we're doing messaging tests like, hey, we have this new concept that we wanna test um, about how to approach selling our product in a different way. So we will toss in some different you know, concepts that way. We've also got an iterative testing campaign. Uh, that campaign exists. So it's essentially a CBO. We have multiple different ad sets and each ad set holds like a little experiment sandbox. Mm -hmm. um, and so we usually use that campaign when we either have one ad that popped off for a really long time and we want to make it live longer or make versions of it to keep that goodness going. Or we have an ad that hit like so close to our targets, but not all the way. And we need to figure out how to push it over the edge and get it even better. Um, and so that's where we'll do things like use that campaign to test different hooks, change up different colors, um, you know, change like the video that's in the background or change the audio, all those sorts of things where we make those little iterative tweaks. And we generally make those tweaks based on what we're seeing is performing well elsewhere. So we see a hook is performing really well on another similar ad. We'll try adding it onto this one that needs a little bit of help um, and get it over the hump. And then of course we have scaling campaigns. So once we see an ad that really starts to crush in our creative testing, it's getting good spend, it's showing really good ROAS and all of our metrics are looking good. That's when we'll throw it into scaling and we'll just give it lots of budget and let her fly um, until it fatigues. And once the scaling campaign is starting to see some ad fatigue, we just put in some new crushers. Um, in terms of like the production process though, to answer the broader question, uh, we are constantly creating, I would say, you know, we're creating like sometimes up to a hundred new ads a week and we just have wow. a massive, a massive backlog. And that's of course, including like, you know, little variants and things, but we have a massive backlog where we categorize our ads based on like the angle and the messaging type and the type of creative it is, be it static or video, all kinds of things like that. Um, and as we see trends and what is and isn't performing, that's when we use, we pull from the backlog um, and we figure out what we want to launch in our creative testing this week. And um, the whole kind of pipeline for new ideation for ads is a combination of scoping for ads that we love and trying to apply our messaging and things and doing the rinse and repeat model to it, as well as we have a massive Excel sheet of this, what I call our creative matrix, um, where we put in all of our ideas for messaging or concepts. We rank them based on how high confidence we are in their ability to succeed and how high effort they are to execute on. And then um, we pull from that massive matrix to basically script and brief ads for our designers to work and create each week. Wow. So a big process. How, how you 
how are you splitting up your budget in your in your testing campaigns? Are you doing like 20% in your main testing, 40% in your scaling? Yeah, it's actually bigger than that. I would say we're probably like 70% scaling and then a little bit on the testing side. Um, it really, we are very active budget tweakers. So, um, you know, if that iterative testing campaign is starting to take off, we'll give it more budget and we'll play with it. Um, but ultimately, like when anything is doing well, we just give it more spend. And, you know, in quarter one, I think we increased like our Facebook spend alone by something like 60% from the prior quarter. Wow. So um, it's really just about being on top of it and watching what's going on and providing not only like the channel mix to make sure that you can handle volatility across your channels, but also being really on top of it and playing with your budgets that when you've got winners, you can go let them fly. Yeah. What what have you found is the best type of creative that's performing for you? I mean, across our clients, obviously user generated is such a such a key part of a lot of people's uh creative in their ads. What have you found is performing best for you in the testing in the scaling campaigns? Yeah. So um my first thing that I would say is if you're listening to this podcast and you don't work in either the kids niche or you don't work in the vitamins niche, ignore what I'm saying, because there's basically no <laughs> guarantee that works, but works for me is going to yeah. work for you. And I find it incredibly misleading when people are on the internet, like, this is what's working for me. You have to do it right now. There's yeah. like an <laughs> yeah. 80, 80 chance it's not going to work for you. So take it with a grain of salt. Um, what I will say, um, that I'm noticing trend wise, um, video creative, um, well, everywhere. If I'm looking at Facebook specifically, we've seen the rise of statics come back. Um, and what mm -hmm. I'm seeing in statics that are performing well is not actually heavily designed stuff with a lot of text. It's just really bold and bright and beautiful product shots. And then I'm overlaying something like, like a tiny food pyramid um, or like a close up of one of our gummies and like a food pyramid or something like that. So giving it like one unique element with like a really bold and bright, beautiful product shot. I have this one um, that I think I might've shared on Twitter and it's like blue background or yellow kids packaging that's here. Um, kit bold and bright kids toys. I just like hit it really hard with some editing to really increase the vibrance and like give it a lot of pop and very scroll stopping. Um, but that's the kind of static stuff that's working for us. And then on the video side, uh, we've always seen that our mom demo loves these kind of narrative storylines. So, you know, someone talking about things that were going on with their kid's nutrition. They're worried about how their kid was behaving or feeling, or they're worried about um, just like not providing well enough for their kids, or they're worried about their kids picky eating, whatever. And then just kind of transitioning into um, a more UGC content with a storyline of how the mom found the product and how it's impacted her life. Oh, what I was going to say on the broader side of things. So since we've gone broad, and I actually just shared this on Twitter this week, but it's really interesting. Um, I found that a lot of creative that in the back of my brain, I had always associated with very like retargeting style creative mm -hmm. is actually what's working well at the top of the funnel. And my hypothesis on this is that we are now at the stage of paid social in which everywhere you go, you are hit with an ad, you're expecting it. If you are the type of consumer who is likely to purchase something online uh, through an ad at that point, you just want to know what about the product is good, special, exciting, how it's going to improve your life. You don't really need the whole like problem agitation solution as you mm -hmm. used to ever, ever before. Um, not saying it doesn't work, but there's we've seen that going broad has just encouraged us to really focus on the features and benefits of our product. Pre pretty like keep it simple, keep it simple, stupid methodology. Yeah. 
Um, and that's converting way better than the stuff where we're trying to like really create this crazy direct response narrative to convince people that they need our product. It's just like, they just want to know what it is and what it does and why it's better. And that's what they convert from. Yeah. What's been your, I think one thing that separates your guys marketing from a lot of other brands is that a lot of brands are selling their product directly to the person that's going to be having it right whereas mm. for you you're normally selling to a to a mom to a parent someone which might you know which is buying for someone else basically right so how have you how have you found is the best way to get around that whether that's in your targeting or your creative direction like what's been what's been the the biggest the biggest thing that you've learned through that yeah frankly i think all of the principles that appeal to speaking directly to the consumer are the same you just have to reframe the the thought, right? So like, obviously I'm not advertising directly to kids. Kids don't care about vitamins. Um, but what I am advertising is to parents and the same emotional appeals that you would use anywhere else are what you need to use with parents, right? You need to figure out why they're purchasing vitamins for their kids. Are they worried about their health. Are they just trying to keep up with the Joneses and be a good parent? Um, are they nervous that they are lacking in some sort of way in the way that they're providing for their child and you need to convince them like, you know, here's a good way to supplement and make sure your kid's doing well. It's really just the same thing, but you're just digging into a different person's brain. Um, I would say that if you're in a situation similar to mine in which I'm not a parent myself, and it took me a long time to get into the parent brain, um, all mm -hmm. of the normal creative you know, research and uh, market research principles apply. Go read Amazon reviews for kids' products, uh, particularly competitor products or things really close to your vertical, as well as like kids' toys. Go read parenting blogs spend a bunch of time on Reddit reading about what people are saying frustrates them about their kids, makes them love their kids, really work to capture their voice, take lots of notes, be a student. Um, and then once you're at the point where you actually have some really, you know, if you're a newer company, you might not have this yet, but once you're at the point when you have um, some longtime customers, either, you know, longtime subscribers, people who purchase really high order value, reach out to them offer them a discount on their next order for doing a quick 10, 15 minute interview with them and really pick their brain on mm. why they purchased the product. It's likely that they're not going to tell you, you're not going to say, Hey, why did you buy this? And they're going to tell you the real answer right away. You're probably going to have to dig and dig and dig to really get to the root of it, but do everything you can to mind meld with that, that consumer. And then all your normal marketing and creative principles apply. You know, you want to provide um, creative that, looks like that consumer's life, looks like that consumer's house, um, and they can really visualize themselves using a product in it or provide something aspirational, you know, the perfect kid, the perfect life, like something that they can really aspire to. All those normal principles apply. For, further on from that, you, you mentioned earlier how it's, how it's difficult as supplement brands as, you know, I mean, the, diff the difficult thing is now, right, you have these platforms like TikTok, right it's one of the biggest you know fast becoming an incredibly powerful advertising tool but the issue is is you're restricted as supplement brands in order to where you can advertise how you advertise and you know us as creatives we've found a lot of the time we're, we're making stuff for this brand and it's not going through and there's a million reasons why it's not for for you like what have you been what have been your main learnings on, on getting past this on other platforms is there some platforms which you just can't be on and you just have to accept that and be like that's just that's just part of the part of the supplement brand life. Yeah. Um, well, it really depends on what your supplement is. So if you're like really selling like a hydroxy cut weight loss supplement, good luck. That is a really hard world to be mm -hmm. in. 
I think the more, the more real, the more clinically backed, the more legit your product is, the easier time you'll have advertising no matter what. So um, if you're thinking about building a supplement plant brand, before you start really working on your formula, invest on finding partners on the product side that can give you really good clinically backed research on your ingredients, things like that. Um, because every time that you can cite, you know, a clinical double blind placebo study where somebody used one of the ingredients in a product and it worked for them, that will always help when you need to provide documentation. A um, couple of answers to that question specifically though. One, if you're on TikTok um, and you're getting rejected a lot, you need to get on managed services. Uh, TikTok does not advertise this. It is usually hidden for like agency partners specifically. And I think it's probably a bandwidth side on the fact that they've grown so quickly, but TikTok offers two platforms. One is self-service, which is basically like your Facebook ads manager. And one is managed services. When you use managed services, your ads manager looks the same and you can still run your own ads, do your own thing. But the difference is that you send your landing pages, and your creative and all your bits and pieces to humans to review it and approve it manually before you launch it. Um, so if you're having trouble on TikTok, you need to navigate that. Feel free to DM myself. I'm sure Fraser knows too, um, but there are ways to get into managed services and it is a game changer and you need to be there. And there are a lot of products that applies to um, beyond just supplements. So if you're having trouble on TikTok, hit us up. Um, your messaging what you need to do one compliance rules always apply don't be mentioning specific you know don't swear you're going to cure cancer fix someone's osteoporosis with your like you know what i mean you can't you can't just go that's too bullish it's ridiculous what you need to do is figure out the middle point between your product and the solution for vitamins it's nutrition so it's like you have a problem the real cause of the problem is the nutrition deficiencies your product solves nutrition deficiencies it doesn't solve the problem Mm -hmm. um and that's how you get away with navigating like not over promising um so our perfect example for our kids product um when a lot of kids are like grumpy cranky they don't sleep well it's usually because they're eating chicken nuggets all day and not getting any real nutrition and they feel like junk just like you feel if you were to eat four pizzas all day you're still kind of hungry at the end of it. Uh, you have a headache, you know what I mean? It's not a good vibe. So the solution interme- intermediary between my product and the problem is really that my kid, the kid's nutrition is off kilter. And so my product I know can provide better nutrition for kids. So that's what I promise. I promise the better nutrition. And then I say, likely what you'll see is that these problems are resolved as a result. And then also supplements are pretty sexy, particularly for Gen Z. So if you are having trouble with the problem solution, really just focus on things like your packaging, how good your product looks, uh, the benefits, the features. You can totally run successful high converting ads on those basic principles without having to overpromise anything to people. Um, you will still see success um, while you're working on figuring out your messaging for the more complicated, you know, hairy stuff. Yeah, 100%. I mean, uh, you know, touching on your point about TikTok and, you know, the self-serve kind of stuff like, you know, we have an account manager and they're and, and they're constantly helping us and reviewing stuff all the time. So it is is a great point if you can get someone to manually look over your stuff. You know, I mean, we've had clients reach out to us and it's been it's been really annoying because then I've I've reached out to our account manager and they've been like 
there's nothing we can do like there's no way that they can be on our platform and i think everyone's talking about how tiktok is so great and how you need to be on there as a platform but some products just will not be on there and that's just because at the moment like you said bandwidth wise i think they're just really being very picky about who they let on because they know as soon as they open the floodgates it's going to be crazy just like facebook was so you yeah know, you do you know you, you kind of do have to pick your battles i think a little bit with this kind of stuff uh but in terms of talking about platforms going into you know the second quarter of the year what are you looking at in terms of expanding into platforms at first day well frankly we have a ton of products that aren't on everything yet um so we're doing a lot of like just getting everything everywhere for us um we also have more products coming so i'm anticipating the launch of those and planning for the launch on those on our existing channels but um historically we've been very heavy on facebook um we've massively increased our google budget um our top of funnel google budget uh in q1 and so we're very bullish on our Google gains uh, for Q2, as well as really just expanding our efforts on TikTok. And then we did a very gentle launch of uh, our kids product on YouTube in Q1. And uh, we are working on crushing on some more creative for our kids product on Q2 or in Q2 on YouTube, and then hopefully bringing more of our products onto YouTube as well. Um, YouTube is pretty gorgeous because once you find a really strong creative that works it lives for a way longer time than like any other platform um and you can be spending six figures a day on a single asset for months um once you get it right but it is a way higher level of effort process to getting to that crusher mm -hmm. than it is on any other platform so um you know higher level of effort but higher reward and that requires a lot of internal thought and strategy and then execution on the creative side so that's something we'll be really investing in this quarter as well it's exciting and we're finishing off now we've rounded up we ask well we're going to ask all of our guests the same question the first episode first person to answer this if you could only advertise on one platform for the next five years it's a long time i know five years is a long time what would that platform be and why <laughs> i'm gonna give you a really logical answer <laughs> okay google yeah. <laughs> you're gonna hate it google people it will never sense. stop using google yeah <laughs> people, like google is my google is my trusty steed um because there's there's no volatility it is so consistent if you if your inputs that you're putting into google are consistent then your output is very consistent however um if i really want to be creative um really want to say TikTok is going to be great i just don't know yet i don't know what that the trajectory mm -hmm. is going to look like i'm really 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 hopeful um but i i have a lot of faith in TikTok and something i really want to play with that i haven't played with this is not your question at all but <laughs> um is advertising on streaming platforms um yeah. i've never done it and um i have no idea like what the, the real path to conversion is going to look like for that but um basically nobody pays for cable anymore um and so i want to start meeting people where they're at on the streaming side as well yeah i think that's a really great point i think you know with i imagine we're going to get a lot of answers to that question which is going to be tiktok and i love tiktok i think it's a great platform we have a lot of clients who are on tiktok but i feel for me there is so little diversity in the type of creative that you can make and that's going to be the main thing that holds people back because because of the nature of the platform the only things that you see all the time is ugc and i know there's a million of different ways that you can make that and it's make tiktok tiktok's not ads 
But with compared to Facebook and Instagram, the amount of differences of types of ads, of the, how creative you can be with that stuff, that's going to be the real divider, I think. But I think you're right in Google is it's just it's just always been there and it always will be there, right? And it's such a, you know, hit them where they are because they're searching. They they, they want your product right now. It's the best place to go. <laughs> I was gonna say similarly with Google, I would say native too, right? Like following yeah. people where they are on the internet is huge if you need a trustee trusty source okay that is it that's done i'm done that's it done amazing well thank you so much alexa it's been uh it's been a real pleasure having you the first episode it's a great opener thank you so much um and that's it any last words where can people follow you where can people get first day give us that stuff so I am deep in the Twitter sphere. Um, my name on Twitter is just at Alexa Kilroy. So my first and last name. Um, feel free to hit me up, DM me, whatever. I love to chat and meet new people. And then first day you can purchase on our website. Um, so the website is hi, like hello, highfirstday.com. Lovely stuff. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for taking the time out uh, to be on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. And that's it for this first episode of the D2C Deep Dive. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been great having you. If you want to put some voices to the faces, then you can join us on our YouTube channel where we post all the episodes up there. Just search out the D2C Deep Dive on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to never miss an episode. You can catch me on Twitter, at Sour Fraser, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>